Welcome to the Colors of InfoSec podcast, a podcast demystifying what it means to navigate a career in information security and technology as people of color. I'm your host, Asif Ahmad. And I am Christina Morello. And we're here to give you an all-access pass into tech and InfoSec's past, present, and future. In the industry today, there's a huge debate going on. And it has to do with career advancement and career progression. Christina, what are your thoughts on mentorship versus sponsorship? And what is your definition? So lots of thoughts, but I'll start with the actual definitions. Mentorship for me, it means a person that advises the mentee, right? So it's more of an advisory role. Sponsorship, however, is where the individual, usually in a leadership position, has the power and authority to advocate for you and give you access to their active connections, right? They're pretty much personally vested in your upward mobility and movement, your professional development, and they also champion your visibility. I also have a theory on on this mentorship and sponsorship dilemma. When you come into the industry, you sometimes get confused with both because in a traditional setting, right, a mentor is someone that will give you encouragement, will give you guidance, and outside of work, the person could be at your job or not at your job. Whereas, and I think that gets confused because you would think that would give you advancement. But as you mentioned beautifully earlier, that's actually sponsorship. And I think it is extremely important sponsorship because I think there's a lot of the times, a lot of these discussions when it comes to salary, when it comes to advancement, they take place in a room. And that room, we're not really privy to. I think Leslie Odom Jr. and Hamilton said it best, like the room where it happens and a lot of the times, this, this is where the things are discussed. For instance, when you go into it, you have like your, your salary. Every, every quarter or every year, there's a salary review. And in that room, they're discussing whether your performance was good, whether it was average, or whether it was below average. And based on the, that performance and based on, I guess, that cloud or that opinion that room has of you, uh, that's how you could get higher salary or even promoted within an organization. And I think that's the importance of sponsorship because a sponsor would advocate for you in that room when you're not there. So therefore, I think even though mentorship and sponsorship, that sponsorship is key, especially for people of color to gain that advancement, to gain that visibility within an organization. Right. I mean, I think I know that you should really have both, or at least they recommend having both a mentor and a sponsor. I mean, they both kind of uh, bring value. I know that mentorship is great for individuals that are beginning their career climb. Uh, But if you're mid-career or later, and you're really looking to move into this the C-suite or the executive suite, sponsorship is a much stronger path to success, right? And I got to be honest with you, like I have neither, right? I don't have a mentor and I don't have a sponsor. I don't have a formal mentor, right? I have many mentors. So basically what that means is I speak to executives at work. I also speak to executives outside of work. And I also speak to regular folks at work, right? Like regular folks like me and you, right? Like people that have experience. Uh, But I also seek mentorship from other aspects, right? Whether it's a documentary, whether it's a book, whether it's um, just other resources. I guess for me, it's really about like uh, personal development in addition to professional development. You know, I think as a person of color, it gets really tricky. I, I I don't think that we're as privy to those type of resources, if I'm being honest. 
No, and I feel the same way, to be completely honest with you. And it's unfortunate, but I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I've had mentors in other aspects of my life outside of work and outside of the tech industry. However, within the tech industry, I, I've never had a mentor nor a sponsor. So it's, it's been a difficult climb for me, right. but I did get some good advice in regards to it because, you know, I've always, I always talk to people and I always look at other people like, you know, in the industry, like you said, like Ted talks and things of that nature. And one person said something extremely interesting when looking for a sponsor, they were like, you know, there's two types of currency when looking for a sponsor, there is professional currency and there is relationship currency. Professional currency is when you are given a task and you constantly over-deliver. So you're, you're over-delivering on purpose with an intention in mind, right? And with the hopes of that, like, you know, I guess, I know when I was growing up, my father always told me to do something like that, like put your head down and work hard and you'll get ahead, right? So that's where that professional currency comes from. That relationship currency is, is what we're kind of referring to here is where you build a relationship with someone they're in an executive role, preferably, and they see you kind of like their protege. And through that relationship, they vouch for you. They vouch for your work. They vouch for you, you to take on a position of leadership. And they, they speak on your behalf and they advocate on your behalf to other people within the organization. For people of color, sometimes to even get a position, you have to work twice as hard and prove yourself. You have to have twice the yeah, And that's not a guarantee. Right. Like even if you work twice as hard or three times as hard, that's really not a guarantee. As a matter of fact, they're just really good. I don't know if you've heard of this. Uh, there's just a, a woman. Her name is Minda Hartz. And she wrote this fabulous book called The Memo, What Women of Color Need to Know to Secure a Seat at the Table. But, you know, many men have read the book as one. Well, it, it comes highly recommended. So I definitely recommend and um, I'll add a link to it in our show notes. But there's an ex excerpt that I want to read. Basically, what she says is many women of color don't have mentors and sponsors who look like them. In other words, most of the people in positions of power are not of color. And we are expected to once again fit ourselves into a one size fits all model for career development. Right. Um, and then she goes on to talk about this a little bit more. And I mean, I think the, the harsh reality is that there's, there's a deeper conversation here as far as authenticity and there's a, and code switching. It just goes deeper and deeper. It's like peeling this onion. Like every time you peel one layer off, you find 85 other layers. And so I think, you know, that's, that's going to be a, a, a longer discussion, but it's difficult. And, and, and most people, I know for me speaking personally, I stopped looking for sponsorship. It's like, you know what? I I need to focus my time elsewhere and I need to really figure out how to continue to cultivate these relationships. Uh, most of the time they're outside of work. A lot of times they're, you know, within the company where I work. It, it can sometimes be a challenge. Actually, not sometimes, but uh, most of the time, especially for folks who look like us, which brings us to a really important point, right? Which is a lot of companies, they have these corporate mentorship programs now, right? Especially with all the hoopla around diversity and inclusion and, and inclusivity and all this other stuff, right? Um, but I, I find personally that those mentorship programs and those sponsorship programs feel forced, right? They're really difficult. It's really difficult to match someone that doesn't know anything about you, right? And so it just almost feels like one of those like swipe left, swipe right, you know what I mean? Like just really weird. <laughs> What do you think about those like corporate sponsored um, mentorship and sponsorship programs? Do you think I, they work? 
I don't. I don't think they work. I think, like, like you said, I, like, like you know, I alluded to earlier on, like you said, it, it feels forced. Yeah. How can you be authentic with someone in a forced situation? Uh, these types of programs. If someone's going to vouch and put their corporate collateral or put, you know, their reputation on the line for you to advance, you can't force a relationship like that. It has to be genuine. It has to be the person has to be invested in you, and you have to equally be invested in them because you're also invested in, in, in their vision because as they advance through the company, the goal is, is for you to advance with them and you two to kind of share the vision because people ask like, what's, what's in it for the sponsor and what's in it for the person that's being sponsored uh, for the person that's being sponsored. You're getting exposure to, you know, a room, you're getting exposure to different, different things within the organization that you might not have been able to have access to. And for the person that's sponsoring you, it actually extends his reach within the organization. He's getting sometimes a younger perspective. He's also getting influence in the company. Say, for instance, you, you have someone and you sponsor them. He becomes a head of a division now. Now that person who sponsored you, he had not only has, you know, reach within you know, within his area of the organization, but now through you, he has, it widens his reach and widens his scope within the organization. So for those things to work, for a shared vision to happen, and for all these things to work in unison, it takes a while to build that relationship and yeah. it has to be organic. So I, I totally agree with you when you say it feels forced and it's very difficult to match. Yeah. Um, and then you, you throw in color and race and and different religious backgrounds and all these things, yeah and all these different different things into the mix, it becomes a real it's like, it's, it's a kind of like you know it's a, it's a lucky situation. Um, I've been in this field, you know, over twenty years. So of you and for both of us, I think that's quite telling for both of us to say we've both never had mentors or sponsors. I mean, that's that's pretty. I think it's kind of an alarm. It's just, it's kind of alarming to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's right. I mean, I think it's, you know, to your point, it's so important to cultivate these, like, cultivate real relationships and, and organic relationships, not be like, oh, can you be my sponsor? Because I need you to, like, catapult me to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really has to be a two-way kind of conversation. But what I find is that it's also really difficult for me. I don't have trust. Like, I threat model all day, every day, right? And so what that means for me is that... um I don't necessarily trust the process just for the sake sake of trusting these processes. And like you can develop a relationship with an executive. It doesn't mean that they're going to sponsor you. And even if they do sponsor you, you are depending that they're on the fact that they're going to be there for the rest of their career and your career, right? Like the days of being in a company 35 years are long gone. And so, you know, I feel like that's, putting too many eggs in one basket. So like, do you, do you feel that it's important to not only have one sponsor in your organization, but have multiple sponsors? Just this, this idea of a sponsor to tie your career to someone else, especially in executive management. Let me just give you an example of what could happen. Say hypothetically, right? You tie yourself to a CISO, right? Yeah. And you tie yourself to this person. For those who per- don't, who may not know, what is a CISO? Can you spell it out? It's a chief information security officer. Yeah. So th- this person is the head of the security program within an organization. Uh, they have th- some people have different names. Uh, some people call it CSO, chief security officer. Some people call it CISO. Some people call 
uh, added to the CEO, CIO's title. So it, it, it can be in every organization is different, but I'm talking about the role specifically. Right. So say hypothetically, you're tied to this person. This person is mentoring you and sponsoring you and, and everything goes well. And say you have a breach one day, a security breach, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not, and yeah, you don't want that, but it happens. And that is compromised. There's data leakage. And the company has to do something to protect its, its reputation. And they fired at CISO. What happens to you now? And they bring in a new CISO. The, the, your reputation around the organization is that you were so-and-so's person. That person worked very, very closely with you. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a risky thing, this, this sponsorship and mentorship situation. That's why I, I like your idea where you said I have multiple people. I think that's a great way to not only grow within the organization professionally, but also grow personally because everyone has different different uh, perspectives. Everyone has different uh, ways of management. Some people have different you know, ways they advance to the company. Like I said, some people value different currencies, like, like, like I alluded to earlier. Some people value the professional uh, currency that you're just a great worker and then you over-deliver every time and they value that. Some people value relationship building. Some people value networking. Some people value subject matter expertise. So uh, it, it all depends. Yeah. about what you can do for them at the end of the day. Agreed. Like, what Agreed. does that mean? Like if an, an executive, I don't know, like how can I help that executive in an area that they may be weak? It's almost like, how do how can I bring value, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. similar to like when you're interviewing. And I think that people, especially in this, you know, in this day and age, people are more selfish and less selfless. So it's really, it just makes it really difficult to find, to find those like organic connections and cultivate them without feeling like you have to give something up or away. I'm not saying that it's not possible and, you know, like salute to anyone who has a fantastic sponsors. I know that, that there are um, amazing people out there. There's, there's more than one way to skin a cat for lack of a better uh, term. I think that like, if you don't have a sponsor, like advocate for yourself, be your own damn sponsor. You know what I mean? Like try, you try to get into those rooms. I know it's easier said than done, but there's always a back door, right? There's, you oh, don't have beautiful. to, you don't have to always take the, the formal or traditional route. As long as you are, being ethically responsible and, you know, obviously within information security, we take a an oath, right? Well, some of us take an oath to be like ethical, right? At all times, um, do the right thing, right? But figure out another way. The one thing we thrive on, on, on this podcast is having un- an unconventional mindset. Yes. And I think, I think one, what you said beautifully, I totally agree. I think in, in this, and that's what I think we have done. Uh, we we haven't had a sponsor. We haven't had mentors. So we said, you know what? We'll try and mentor ourselves or we'll try and find, you know, the best advice we possibly can, whether it's online, whether it's talking to coworkers or other people and figuring out, you know, our, our own way and kind of trailblaze. Uh, that's that's what I feel is, is, the, is the solution. I think it's unconventional and you have to find a backdoor here if these opportunities don't exist. Right. However, I do think that, you know, being, I think us being, you know, minorities and us being people of color, I, you know, I could just speak for what my dad always told me. And he always said, son, put your head down and work hard. Personally, I feel in this field that that's not applicable. And like you alluded to it earlier, I feel you can't do that anymore. Right. You can work hard and, and, and have skills and have certs and have degrees and have relationships. But for some reason, 
that, and that's what we've talked about in the pipeline in our older episodes. It's it's very difficult for a person of color because you have to sometimes work double as hard just to maintain your position. You have to work twice as hard, maybe even three times as hard, just because in, I've seen in organizations that there's a person of color who's extremely talented, but there will be someone that is not of color that will advance further than them. And they've only been at the company, say, but for a short amount of time, has less certifications, less expertise, less skill set. But for some reason, because of their ability to build relationships throughout organizations, they, they've advanced faster. So I, I feel liked, right? you just have to be liked and you have to, you know, one of the things that people never talk about is the fact that um, is the fact that if you make others uncomfortable, if your very presence makes someone else feel threatened or uncomfortable, it's going to be challenging for you. You know, like th- there's nothing that you you could have all the certifications, you could have all the check boxes, you could be the most well versed, well spoken, most exceptional engineer um, or security professional, and none of that matters if the people in your leadership kind of org chart um, or even one person is threatened by you, by you, by your abilities, by your capabilities, by your shine. It doesn't matter, even if you have the best intentions. So. I, I, um, I'm always looking at those things. Right. And, and I don't know, I'm kind of like breaking it down that way. No, I think it's something that we really need to discuss and dive into a little bit more, which will bring, bring some, a little bit, or add a little bit more color to these type of conversations just to keep it like all the way real. As you, as a professional, you come into this industry. One thing that this, this pod tries to do is tries to demystify a lot of these things. So if you're new to the industry, you're experienced in this industry and you feel, you sometimes feel lost. We want you to know that it's okay. It's all right. We we have been there. We are sometimes there in, in, in our, in our careers today, even having this amount of time and experience. So if you feel a certain type of way, you feel lost, you feel, you know, you don't have a sponsor, you don't have a mentor. The whole idea that one of the main reasons why me and Christina started this entire project was to let all of you out there who are just like us, let you guys know that it's all right and it's okay. And one way, some way, somehow we'll find that unconventional method together. And from there we can push forward. Right. Right. Don't think you're, yeah. And I think just to add to that, I think that's so important because if we would have had these type of conversations when we were first entering the field or when we were starting our careers, it would have been so much easier. Like just to understand, like just to have someone tell you like, listen, you're not a failure, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. not failing. You may not, you, yes, you're unconventional. Use that as a superpower, right? Like leverage that as your superpower, right? Make it work for you. You're not a failure. Don't, don't fit in when you can stand out, right? If someone would have told me that back then versus me having to like learn it the hard way. I mean, you know, you got to take these L's as lessons, but it, oh my God, it would have saved me so much heartache and so much heartbreak. <laughs> no, I, I get it. And I feel the same way. There's times where I think, I think, like I said, when you come from a background where, you know, there's, we, we sometimes have unconventional family issues. We sometimes have unconventional daily issues in our lives. Us just being able to hold positions like this sometimes is, is a blessing. So, but at the same time, it's very, very difficult to break into this field it's very difficult to maintain relevancy yep. and to and to ascend 
to those to those higher level positions. What is the gray area here, right? Like, what are some takeaways? Like, what can folks like us do to get into these rooms without a sponsor? One of the things you can always do is take your craft seriously. Yeah. What I mean by that is always look for ways in your organization to move up, but also look up outside your organization. Bars. Meaning that there's so, yeah, there's so many ways to network today. So, like I said, listen to podcasts like ours. They, they, they have tips. There's people out there that are very generous with their time. There's a lot of opportunities on LinkedIn, on Reddit. There's different, different blogs out there. Subscribe to them and, and read and, and, and listen. There's tons of TED Talks. There's tons of YouTube channels. There's There's... So many, there's so much content today. Right. Because like, sometimes we get content overload. Like I totally agree. Like, you know, with full-time jobs, uh, trying to work and operate during a pandemic, it's like, read what, you know what I mean? Like, it's just very difficult. I mean, you make it happen, but I just feel like, I think it's also good to engage, right? Like ask questions, engage us online. I mean, I don't think you, you should never have the expectation that people that maybe have more experience or are further along have all the answers because I think that we don't, but I think we'll at least have the right questions. Right. Um, I collaborate a lot with SANS and they're amazing. I mean, they ha- they offer a lot of free content, but they're one of the best things about that organization and they're not sponsoring this. So I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, this is from the heart. This is genuine is that I've been able to connect with so many people like me in leadership positions or not in leadership positions that really give me insight, right? Even some of the instructors, I've spoken to some of the SANS instructors one-on-one and they're amazing. Like, I just think that there's so much value in that type of kind of mentorship and even sometimes sponsorship, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be, like you said, within your organization, you can look elsewhere, whether it's another a company where you are interested in working or whether it's another organization that that's aligned to your career or to your goals. Right. So I think that's super important. Well, it's funny that you mentioned SANS because one of the techniques I used because, you know, I couldn't find mentors. And I, I decided one of my unconventional ways, and it's really not that unconventional, is that I decided to certify my tail off. So what I did when I came into the industry I started looking at certifications as my ticket, as my ticket to advance in the industry, right? And that's how I was going to get into those rooms. So what I did was I looked for all the most difficult certifications. I would go online and see which certifications were the most difficult. And I would just go study my tail off and bang them out, right? And at first, it was it was awesome because I got a high off of passing them. Mm-hmm. But then eventually... I started getting, I was still, I was still, I hate to say this, I was still a little lonely because I wasn't networking. You know what I mean? So eventually after a while, these organizations like, like, like I say, it's like ISC squared, ISACA, EEC council, uh, they would have like networking events. They would have online seminars, different, different topics. And then from there, you'd be surprised you go on there and someone would reach out to you. You did have like, you know, uh, local chapters would have meetings. And that's how I started meeting people. So when I would go, when I lived in Detroit, I went to the ISC Square local chapter meeting. And before you knew it, I started talking to the the CISO of a different, different, you know, 
auto manufacturing, a CISO from a government organization. And before, you know, it, and little by little, I was able to get that exposure. Uh, what also helped me too was consulting. I think that's, if you are in this field, I, I really highly recommend consulting because consulting, and if you're working either for a consulting firm or even your own practice, I have experience doing both. I had my own consulting practice and I worked for, for a large firm. And consulting opens your horizons to everything. So it, sometimes being a consultant, you get it's an it's a real unconventional way to get into the room because they're paying you a high salary, even though you, you know, you're just a title of consultant, right? Mm -hmm. But because they're paying you so much, they want you in all those meetings so you can hear the requirements. You can see, and it also gives you a bird's eye view because. Even though you're working for that specific organization, you're you're there as you know as 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 someone that they brought in on a temporary basis at, at times. So you can kind of talk to the CISO on a level as a consultant where you're working together, but you're not. You can talk to the individual contributors. You can talk to the hiring managers. You can talk to the directors. And even though you're working with them, you're still not part of the company's culture, you're still not a full-time employee, so you don't really have to even follow their hierarchy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it gives you a chance to kind of see from a bird's eye view what's really going on in the industry. Right, so get for that insight that you wouldn't exactly. get otherwise or at your yeah. own company. Exactly. So, and a lot of the times, believe it or not, as a consultant, I got, I got offered jobs uh, as a consultant to come in and be a full-time employee as well and to do projects on the side and stuff like that. But you have to be careful because there is non-disclosure agreements and other things. And maybe that's that's a topic we might discuss later on. But I, like I said, there's there's ways you can break the monotony. There's ways you can break into the industry. But I feel like you have to kind of sit down, take a deep breath and truly figure out what path is best for you and what you feel would give you uh, the type of organic connections you need so you can take your career and, of course, your mindset to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm a big fan of professional development. And I and I always say, even if you got to pay out of pocket, if you have the means or find scholarships, definitely do it. Uh, education will take you far. And at the end of the day, you have to take your career into your own hands and you can't rely or depend on someone else to do anything for you. I mean, that's the way the world has gotten. If it happens, it's a it's the cherry on top but you can't sit there waiting for it to happen. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, among others. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Colors of Infosec. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>